welcome to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast, where in every episode we explore what is research culture and what should it be. You'll hear thoughts and opinions from a range of contributors to help you change research culture into what you want it to be. Hello, I'm Tony Bromley and welcome to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast season two. Uh, in this season, we are talking to presenters from the Researcher Education Development Scholarship Conference in 2022. And the conference itself had a theme of how do we stop losing talent in research careers? Um, today, I have with me Tanvir Ahmed from Coventry University. And Tanvir's um, presentation title was Finding Yourself to Change the World, Retaining Talented Researchers by an individualized coaching-led approach. So, Tanvir, hello. Hi, Tony. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you today? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good, Thanks. good. Um, just, well, you know, we were talking earlier, actually. You mentioned you were an avid uh, reader. I just wonder, is it, is it a particular genre that you like? Uh, science fiction, thrillers. Um, it's stuff which are complex and take me away from my day-to-day work no, and complexities cool. of life. Let's get to the main body of, of what we're going to talk about. So, um, again, just coming back to your presentation title, uh, Finding Yourself to Change the World, Retaining Talented Researchers by an Individualized Coaching-Led Approach. So I just wondered uh, what's led you toward an individualized coaching approach with researchers. So what's the background? How did you arrive at, at doing this? So before, that's a good question. I mean, before answering that, I think I need to clarify that uh, this is an approach which is developed by, by also two other people. One yeah. is my line manager, Dr. Heather C.S., and the other one is uh, Dr. Iveta Simera. And the presentation is will also be contributed by the three of us in the in the Reds, although I, you know, I'm leading the research uh, in evaluating this approach, but as I said, it's a it's a kind of a team effort to develop this approach. Anyway, you ask about what led us to this individualized approach to research and development. So, actually, in the past, we noticed a lack of retention of learning from different workshops and trainings that we offered. People tried to attend most of the topics which were offered, but in situations where they, didn't, they did not manage to apply what they have learned or experienced, the learning or development was gradually forgotten. And they couldn't, in our understanding, they couldn't get a, get a return of the time and effort they invested on the first place. And we then realized that one reason may be the lack of volitional element or an absence of a strategy to implement the learning or the learned experiences. And the second issue was the matter of ownership. Since uh, they didn't have a strategy in place where the development or learning plays an important role, the element of ownership might not be there. And because the topics were offered based on common practices and popular demand. I mean, people asked us for certain topics and we offered those, but uh, it wasn't part, for them, it wasn't part of a, a strategy or, or their development plan. 
So anyway, considering these factors, we aimed to take a different approach and we develop what we call an individualized approach to research and development, which is based on a learning philosophy called hoitogogy, which is about self-determined and self-directed learning. Right, yeah. And the primary aim of this philosophy is to develop learner autonomy and capability, which is actually aligned with our researcher development goal. We aim to develop researcher capability, which is not only skills, but we consider it as a combination of knowledge, research competencies, and the freedom and ability to determine appropriate courses of action. Based on these factors, we decided that we would encourage uh, our research colleagues to first create their strategy in the form of an individual development plan and consider what knowledge, skills, and support they would need to reach their goals. Okay, so... uh... I mean, it, all, it sounds really interesting, and and you know, we, we've had conversations before, so this is this is good for me to hear because I, you know, I, I agree in t- in terms of the individualized approach, and, and in my own way, I'm sort of heading mm-hmm. that kind of direction as well. Um, but I, I wondered about the practicalities. So, you know, our person listening to us um, may well think about how does it work? What do you do? So how many people are you involved with do they have a an opening do you have an opening day when you speak to everybody how does it all work how how does the program is it a program would you call it how does it all work we we call it an approach and still we are not calling it a program it's part of our larger research and development program but this bit we are calling is still as an approach so the as I said, the key aspect of the approach is creating a strategy and having some goal in mind. So it is delivered in two ways. Coaching, first one is coaching. It's offered to researchers and they are supported in developing their strategy through structured conversation with a qualified coach. The second way or format is called transition, which is a two weeks course for early career researchers. And it includes a introductory webinar and <clears throat> after two weeks, a whole day face-to-face workshop. So in the webinar, we Excellent. introduce people, uh, researchers uh, with the self-learning materials and key concepts. And the materials and pre-works are uploaded in an online learning platform. The key focus is developing competencies of reflection to gain self-awareness of their own motivations, values, career goals, strengths, and own development areas. So in the and then in the face-to-face workshop, they get the opportunity to listen to experienced or established researchers. Usually who are principal investigators having experience in getting and managing large grants, usually in professor positions. So these talks from established researchers focuses on different developmental and career aspects. So after that, we take the workshop participants uh, through a process of facilitated reflection, and they are encouraged to start working on their individual development plan. And we ask them to think about their motivations and how they want to see themselves in future. And uh, we encourage them to set their goals. And coaching is also offered at that point. We just uh, let them know that uh, it's something which is uh, there if they want. 
So this is, uh, sorry, I, I keep interrupting you. No, <laughs> I, just wondered, I just wondered how many, uh, how many people you work with. In, so if you have that face-to-face -face session, how many people are there in that room? Is it 10 people, 20, 100? How many people you work with in, in, in as one group? I mean, with the first cohort in the webinar, we had 17 and in the room we had, I think, nine. But right. with the last cohort, uh, which we, which we just ran in the first two weeks of September. We had 20 in the room, 20 early career researchers. So there's there's, an, there's the, as you described, there's the coaching, there's the, the opening um, session there. Yeah. Um, does the coach, is the coaching offered over a period of, of years or time? Or is it one coaching session or is it something you keep letting people come back to? It's usually decided with the with the coaching client and how many hours they need, but it's not usually not that long, not not year long. It may be six right. or seven sessions with uh, one participant. Yeah, I just wondered if there was uh, touch points. I guess um, as people uh, progress and hopefully taking ownership. Um, so is a. I don't know. Do you have a session six months out or something where you get people back together, or do you just ask how people are doing? Is is a continuous touch points a bit? We are working to create those follow ups, yeah. and yeah. usually in our strategy is that they we are encouraging people to check their their progress or follow up their progress with their line managers, and also if they want, they can do it with us and have a conversation with us, maybe a follow-up, a one-to-one -one session, um, or having a coaching conversation. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I, um, so I just wondered how uh, how this is being received. Of course, you know, we all have um, plans and we have ideas and we start putting them into practice and we hope that people love what we do. And sometimes they do, sometimes not so sure perhaps, but how is it being received among your researchers, do you think? Have you had um, some good feedback? I mean, there has been some good responses. Uh, generally, they appreciated the opportunity to learn from experienced researchers and the space to start working on their own strategy and the plan. They liked the opportunity to reflect on their career trajectory and their research practice. Especially, they could see, they could understand their own values, their strengths, and what they need to you know, develop to reach their goals. So they appreciated the, that opportunity and that uh, reflective practice because we made it clear that it it does it does it doesn't it doesn't only contribute to your career but also to your research practice. So they liked it very much. So I mean that's that's good to hear. I wondered if you were targeting particular researchers? Is it open to anybody? Is it open to postgraduate researchers, postdoctoral researchers, staff? Do you target groups? Or? So it's a post-BHD, early career researchers. And right. we are also looking to design and deliver similar initiatives for postgraduate researchers, okay. especially those who are nearing the completion. Okay. Oh, so looking at the... Would this be looking to future employment or the, the next role, that, that kind of thing, you think? 
yeah future employment or next role what they want to do whether i mean whether they want to be in academic role or in in, in the industry or in you know public services yeah um so i wondered if if i wanted to put this into place i mean i wondered what the sort of learning that you've had from your fir- the first experiences of it is there any just as a way of summary and bring things together um are there particular points that you'd, of, of advice or particular learning points you've had from doing this? I think, I mean, we, we had to think carefully when we started this initiative because we had to break away from that regular practice of, uh, you know, people are used to being in workshops and then going away. Yeah. But we tried to break away from that practice and uh, you know we have been asked whether we will be offering training or workshops on you know on let's say project management proposal writing and grant management so we had to make it clear to them that uh, these are some this is something which you can learn on your own or from workshops but unless you develop some kind of a strategy in your mind or on paper, it would be very difficult for you to retain that learning or use that learning in practice. So I think that was one one aspect of the initiative that we had to make clear to the researchers. I find it interesting because um, I know, obviously, we've had conversations in the past, and I think the taking ownership aspect is is an interesting one to um to sort of get fostering in people so and it sounds like you you, you do you're in in the approach that you have with similar ideas that rather than us as and i say us and um, we both work in the development of researchers yeah, yeah. so we're on the professional development mm-hmm. side it's rather than us saying this is what you should be doing yeah uh, which is traditional in a sense mm-hmm. and it's saying well i can support you i can help you but you have to decide what you should be doing and that's quite a shift isn't it so yeah uh, and you know that can't be difficult for people to say right well i've got to take responsibility so and i guess that's what you're alluding to there is it that it can, people can find that difficult that transition yeah i think uh, that was my, uh, that was i am trying to say that uh, it's a shift from the general or common practice and also it's it's different from how we we experienced in school, college, or university. Even in in doctoral study, we had some kind something to achieve at that time, and but largely we were guided through that process. But after the PhD, it's there. I mean, we we are we are in charge of developing ourselves. So it's a shift from the regular practice of offering and attending courses so but we think it's important for researchers or academics to develop that kind of self-awareness because it can help them to understand and clarify what they want to achieve and and because they are setting their own goals themselves and deciding what they would need to learn and develop to achieve those goals i think there is a greater sense of ownership and which improves participation and engagement also in you know training workshops and all, as well as retention of learning actually there has been some interesting research done in the past about uh, academics motivation to engage in research and it 
I mean, it showed that when there's an alignment between researchers' own values and institutional strategy and values, they're more motivated yes. in their work and in their own development. So that is what we are also trying to do. We are asking them to be more aware of their goals and values and also aware of the institutional goals and values so that they can create something which is which is you know aligning both yeah and that's back to i guess where we started in terms of um taking ownership in the in the support for the individual rather rather than perhaps that more generic approaches yeah. that we may have had in in the past um well i'm just you know keeping a check on the time and I, I think we perhaps need to bring things to an end if we can so Thank you very much for talking to us. It's been really good to listen to you this morning and really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Um, to the rest of our listeners, we have a series um, or a season of episodes where we're interviewing presenters from Red's Conference in 2022. So do look out for those. And I'll just say, I'll say goodbye. And uh, Tamvi, if you could say goodbye too. Goodbye. Thanks, Tony. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss out on our brand new episodes. And if you're enjoying the discussions, give us some love by dropping a five-star rating and written review as it helps other research culturists find us. And please share with a friend and show them how to subscribe. Email us at academicdev at leads.ac.uk. Thanks for listening and here's to you and your research culture.